Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Right Moves Podcast, where we talk about how to develop happy, healthy, resilient children into happy, healthy, resilient adults. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Ray. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Right Moves Podcast. Today, we're back with Dr. Michelle Bommel to discuss when we should be outdoors to play and when the indoors is more appropriate for play in all kinds of settings. I'm so excited about this topic, so let's get started. All right. Good morning, Michelle. It's so good to have you back on for a second episode with us. Um, I know last time we talked a little bit about what play is and what it means for early childhood whether that mean birth to grade to age eight, or if we're talking just in general about children. Um, and that was a great conversation. Today, I really want to take it to weather conditions. And, you know, people are probably going, what? Weather conditions? But, you know, if you think about what we have across our country alone, I mean, we can have such diverse weather conditions uh, in in every type of small town to large city, uh, rural areas or whatever. So with thinking about when can we play outdoors and when can we play indoors, there are all kinds of thoughts on that. And so I just wanted to, you know, get some kind of early conversation about when do people go outside to play versus when do they do inside? And I wanted to start by just kind of giving a state of our nation kind of thing. <clears throat> the state of our nation right now in the U.S. is that we've really become more of an indoor society than an outdoor society. And if we can do something indoors and eliminate a safety risk of some type outdoors, or we can eliminate um, variables that are out of our control and we can be more controlled in that environment, we tend to do that. And I'm gonna call out physical educators too. I mean, we are really bad about wanting to stay inside because we have four walls, we have, you know, we don't have to go chase the ball. We don't, we can just stay in our environment. When should we be outside? When should we be outside? So, Michelle, I'm going to let you take a stab at this first. When, when should when should we be outside from your from your side of it? Wow, Debbie, you know when I'm talking to you about when should we be outside, I'm thinking as much as possible, of course. Um, you know, one of the questions I usually begin um, my play class with the college students that I work with. Um, I ask them a question, how is childhood different today than it was when you were younger? And the students I'm talking to are, you know, age 20 or 21, and they, they want to become elementary teachers themselves. And every year that I ask this question, every year they say, children don't get outside to play as much as we did with children, as children, sorry. Um, and when I ask them, well, why do you think that is? Many of them our nannies for families after school. Um, they have their own nieces and nephews and neighbor, you know, children and, and siblings. And one thing they say is that um, families are, are nervous to allow their children to play outside. Um, and so safety seems to be a, a factor. 
And that being said, they, they always follow their comments with, but we love being outside and we wish we could take the children under our care outside more often. As a former elementary teacher myself, I remember feeling drawn myself to go outside on a beautiful spring day and take my uh, students outside to read or to engage in a science lesson or certainly to have recess. So I agree with you so much that children need to be outside to play. All of us need to be outside and we need to do it often. We need to look for those opportunities to take kids outside, right? Regularly. Absolutely. Oh, I, you, like you said, well, I'm talking to you, so I probably should say yes. Any opportunity we have, we need to be outside. I am all about that, right? I think um, the outdoors, and I, and I had a, a podcast session on this, but the outdoors brings so many elements that we can't get indoors. And from a play perspective, it gives us natural ways of playing um, that are not conducive to bring inside. You can't bring a tree inside and and climb the tree, right? You can't uh, bring the ants inside and the the little birds and, and the butterflies and the flowers. I mean, you can bring things in, but it's not the same. So there are so many different ways of looking at the outdoors versus the indoors that's so important. And I feel that the earlier our children are outdoors and experiencing variety in temperatures, variety in weather conditions, uh, being able to be out there in snow versus ice versus, and, and we just had an ice storm over the past week, so that's why I'm bringing that one up. But uh, fields of grass or, you know, rivers or um, being in environments that are more sand-like, like beaches. I mean, all these kinds of environments are, are so important. And I love the question that you asked your class, your students each year. I mean, I think that's so important for them to realize, oh my gosh, I had these experiences, but kids today aren't. And I know it's a safety issue. I, I get that piece, but for, for many, but there's gotta be a way that we can start creating, either creating safer environments or helping people understand that the environment is as safe as it can be. And we just need to be ready, you know, if other elements come into that play space. But if adults are there, in the environment, we should be, and we're alert, we're, you know, being responsible, we should be able to be out there in those elements. So I want to talk for a minute about, you know, so if we, if we do have this outdoor environment that we can play in, when, when do we need to bring kids indoors and when do we allow them to stay outdoors? And so I want to talk about rain for a second. Do you remember as a child playing outside in the rain? Completely. Yes. <laughs> what did it feel like? I mean, what did you, did you change the way that you dressed? I mean, talk to me about your childhood and playing in rain. What, what did it feel like? What did you do? You know, I, I, so I grew up in Texas and I remember not having rain boots, but not missing them, you know, not really knowing I think they were a thing. 
um, I would find the puddles and jump in them. And there was something almost, I don't know, just from my young child's mind of, ooh, you know, I'm taking this chance to, you know, go get messy and dirty. And this isn't something I usually get to do. So it was sort of a novelty and also just something fun that was unique and different. And, you know, my parents were fine with it. So I would come in, you know, even splashed with mud and dirt and, you know, I washed off. It was fine, <laughs> but I loved it. Did you, did you do that, Debbie, as a kid? I, I did. I, in fact, we, as, as, so I lived in a couple of different types of environments. The first environment I lived in was um, more of, we were in a rental house and behind it was a big field and it had a water cooler vent kind of thing that had this big brown wood box that was probably seven, eight feet, maybe nine feet tall. And we weren't supposed to climb it because, you know, it, you didn't know if you fell in, it, it could be bad. Uh, so we weren't supposed to climb it, but on rain days, we love to go out there and pretend like that was the biggest, you know, castle kind of thing in the world. And you couldn't get into it, but you could go around it and you could hide and you could, you could run and splash and just slide through the mud. And we had a mud room off of that house. And so it would be like, well, first of all, we're going to rinse you down. And then when you're going to come into this mud room and we weren't more than, uh, I think my brother was two and I was five. And so we were, we just washed down and then we'd go in that mud room thing and we'd strip down and then go get on our new clothes. But remember we were two and five. So people don't start thinking my parents were bad people. It's just, you know, this is how we did things at that time. Then I moved to a neighborhood and we had a front yard and then our backyards were fenced off. So you, you didn't have room to really, you know, just run forever unless you went through everybody's front yards. But when it would rain outside, we didn't have rubber boots either, but we would go out in our tennis shoes and just jump in the puddles and let them just splash all around, right? Just like you were talking about. And that was more fun but I have to also say we, we did walk to school two miles. Did you do that, Michelle? I walked to school, but not two miles. I would okay. guess a little under one. Okay. So we, we walked probably close to two miles and we had to cross a major street. If people know Dallas at all, it was Walnut Hill, which is a huge street. But when I was going to school, elementary school, it was, you know, quite a ways from where this subdivision was, but it was like what we call, um, what, what do they call it? Uh, oh shoot. Human walking, uh, walking buses or whatever they call those things now where you just pick people up along the way and you walk to school. So you have groups of kids walking now. Well, back then it was just normal stuff. You know, everybody came out around, I think school started at eight or eight 30. And we'd come out around seven o'clock to start our walk because you never know how long it'd take us to get to school, right? But on rain days, we didn't care. We still just put our backpacks on and headed to school in the rain. Do we do that today? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, Not as much, I don't think. I don't, I don't think we do. I think kids, I don't see kids out in the rain walking to school like we used to. 
you know, even if I'm driving to TCU and, and I go through school zones, I see parents dropping their kids off or buses dropping the kids off. They don't allow them to have those times in rain, which I think is so fun and different, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of uh, social interactions do you think are different about being in rain days versus just dry, sunny days? You know, the dry, sunny days, depending on where you live, might be your typical experience. And so the novelty of, you know, standing together in the rain and playing and splashing around, I think just brings maybe an elevated sense of excitement that this is sort of a temporary joy that we're going to enjoy together at this moment. Um, And just your question is sort of making me think about even how as an adult, you know, I enjoy thunderstorms here in Texas. There's something different about it, right? Absolutely. Um, Yes. What would you say the emotion is that you bring? And, you know, for our audience listening, I mean, think about the emotion that it brings when you hear thunder and lightning coming. Uh, What does that bring to you? Especially if it's kind of a, a low rumble, you know, it's not like, coming right down on top of you, but it's just this low rumble. You kind of hear it like something's moving furniture across the sky. Um, what kind of emotion do you have with that? What do you feel? I just feel excited. Just yeah. it's, it's not maybe an overt exterior, you know, kind of feeling, but for me, I think, Ooh, a good thunderstorm is on its way. You know, um, if I, if I happen to be inside, you know, during the, the storm, I, I think, you know, could I get a cup of hot tea and find a cozy spot to read or do some work, you know, but yeah. I just, I'm excited about it. Is that your response to thunders? It, it is. Yeah. If there's thunder and lightning, I, I won't, I will go outside to watch it. Now I have a friend that when she was in her probably thirties, she would, she got up on a rooftop one day to, to watch this stuff. And I'm like, that's just a little too close to the electricity. Right. But, um, so don't, I, this is like, don't do this at home people. You know, this is something somebody did, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest this to everybody else. But at the same time, I do know that when it might be raining outside, but not thunder and lightning, it's just raining. I love doing there are two things that pop in my head. One is I love getting in a hot tub with a cap on, a ball cap on and, and my swimsuit, but just getting in a hot tub and just enjoying the rain that's coming down around me. And that's one. And the second is I was a runner. Um, not like we might think of kids being runners in schools, but I, I love to run all the way up until I was probably in my 50s. And now I've become more of a hiker and, you know, kayaker and things like that. But in my running days, I love to run in the rain. I love, it didn't matter that my feet got wet. Didn't matter that they felt heavier. It was just putting that cap on and going out and running. I just loved it. So are there experiences like that that you've had that in the rain, it felt good to just go out and be in the rain? I enjoy watching the rain, I would say, Uh as an adult. And as a kid, you know, I would run to the neighbor's house, you know, if I wanted to to go play with a friend. Um, and so when you mentioned sort of running fast and not being so concerned about your shoes being, 
you know, wet and squishy. I have some memories of, of maybe running through um, just as a child, just trying to get somewhere, you know. Um, I think I, from, from my perspective, I probably tend to be more of a rain watcher from the inside, but I love the sound of it. I also love to hear how the rain falls on the pavement or my back porch um, and just kind of listen. It, there's a soothing and sort of a calm, I think, effect that it has on me as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I admire your running spirit there, Debbie. I only run when I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> well, let's switch to snow. Um, you know, I from a, a snow perspective, I, I would hate that people don't experience that, whether they're in a school setting or out doing their own thing, right? I think kids should experience snow. Um, it, it's important to experience that. It's just so different in, in what we do. But I want to talk about this one for a second, because if you've ever heard the difference in rain versus snow coming down, there's a there's a big difference in the kind of sound you hear. You want to explain what your sound feels like when you're in snow versus rain? I mean, what, what's that difference? Cause let's say the snow, the snowflakes are, are bigger snowflakes. Mm -hmm. What does that feel like? And, and what do you hear? With bigger snowflakes, as opposed to maybe the lighter, smaller yeah. ones, which to me just are so soft that I can hardly even perceive them. Those bigger snowflakes to me, um, oh, it, they sound like a sort of a gentle, um, very, very gentle rainfall maybe, but it's not even that, right? There's a, there's a sound difference that just sort of evokes a different type of a peaceful response from me. Even when you say snow, I just am sort of feeling calm, right? <laughs> and just lightly falling. How about you, Debbie? Oh, yeah. You know, you think about the way snow comes down. It's a slower, it's a slower pattern, but very light. Whereas to me, rain is a heavier pattern and you, you hear it more sound like right but with snow here's my experience because i've lived in the midwest in iowa i love iowa i, I love my experience in iowa i was up there at iowa state as a university professor and i learned lots of things about the seasons which i didn't get to experience in texas but those experiences are so rich because you think about when snow comes down there, one of my favorite all-time memories is Iowa State has huge, huge trees. And in the wintertime, when the snow comes down and there might be ice on the trees as well, you'll hear the wind coming through and you'll hear the branches just doing this crinkling sound, right? while the snow is also coming down. One of my most favorite experiences ever. <clears throat> Did you have any of those growing up or feel, you know, even as an adult? Um, just with, with snow, uh, my favorite memory was when I was about 11 years old, um, 
my father worked for a chemical, a chemical company before he retired. And so our family moved to South Korea from Texas. So while we were living in South Korea, I experienced my first snowfall that I remember. And there was a sled in our, our a sledding hill. We made it into a sledding hill in our little neighborhood there. And I had the best time. We didn't have sleds. We had plastic trash can lids. <laughs> <laughs> and all the neighborhood children just got out together that day and we went sledding. I just loved it. And that just stands out as such a positive memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, with snow, it's just it's so much fun. It is. It's so much fun. I know as adults, you know, if it's snowing outside or sleeting outside or icing outside, one of the first things as adults we think is it's not about enjoying it. It's about how do I get from point A to point B because I'm stuck somewhere right now and I can't get home, right? As adults, we go to this crazy place when it comes to things we think, well, I'm not going to get home. How, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get groceries? What, what's going to happen? Uh, instead of really enjoying it. So I have a story that's really fun, but some people would say, well, that was not a fun day. Uh, so I was, I was at a school in Eagle Mountain, Saginaw, doing a training for Link. And that morning, it, they had said on the weather forecast, now it may snow today, you know, and, and we may have to close school at some point, but we all went, hey, we're going to do our training. It was, it was just, school was happening. It's just that these teachers were coming to me for the training for how to do Link. And so we were in our first hour and I went, you know, wouldn't it be fun? And I don't know how many people have seen the movie White Christmas, but in White Christmas, uh, there's a time where the big doors open and it's snowing outside and they haven't had snow. It's been a real drought of having snow so that people will come and visit this town in Vermont. So I said, before we went out to the to play outside, I said, wouldn't it be fun if we had snow on the playground or snow outside? And Michelle, we opened the door and there was snow coming down everywhere. And we decided that we were going to go ahead and stay and do our training until around noon when it was like, no, it's getting icy outside. We're going to have to have the parents come get the kids, you know, all this stuff. But we had so much fun that morning. But on the way back, I had one of my, um, at the time, there was one guy working with me with Link, and he had gone to the training with me. I'm in a, uh, I want to say I was in a, I can't remember if it was a Z3 BMW or a 1 Series. I can't remember. They were both smaller. And I said, okay, Alex, it's time to go. And I said, now, trust me, I've driven on ice before, so I'm, I'm going to be okay. But I know it's going to make you nervous because he was driving with me. And sure enough, you know, it's like, okay, y'all take this route and be careful on your way. But the ride was fine. We got up the hill and down the hill just fine, got back to school, got home. Everything was good. But it was amazing to have the playful experience and then have the worry experience all in one setting. So, you know, I think I want people to realize that weather changes are really good and we can be outside in these weather changes and be okay and really have fun and allow our kids to be outside and have fun and they're not going to get a cold they're not going to get allergies they're not going to have asthma attacks from being out in these weather conditions 
the problem is, is that we're not allowing our kids outside enough so that they know how to respond to different weather conditions. We're going about the approach wrong, right? So I wanted to throw this one out to you. You know, from your experiences working with your students, do you think that they go outside even now since they had the experiences as children? I'm really worried about our children today not getting to go outside in these kinds of experiences. What are we missing as adults with not having these experiences as kids? What do you think? I've noticed lately with the college students that I work with, they seem to be, many of them, not all of them, they seem to be generally reluctant to go outside, whether it's, you know, inclement weather, however you perceive that, or even a, a beautiful day. As an example, um, I was teaching class and um, we have lengthy classes. They're about two and a half hours long. And so, of course, we take link breaks <laughs> during our, our class. We have a, a little break, recess break. And often I notice um, many of the students choose to, to go outside and many choose to stay in their same seats and, you know, check their, their mail, you know, email or see what's happening on their phones. And I think about your very question sometimes. Um, and I wonder, you know, do they realize what they might be getting by standing up and moving and going outside, even for a few moments to refresh themselves, to come back, you know, to be ready to learn. Um, and I also acknowledge, you know, the interest that we all have, you know, in technology and having that just brain break from school and, you know, having that chance to, to engage with our technology apps or tools and things. But I do think you're onto something there that, that maybe our experiences as children change or at, at when we, you know, when we enter adulthood and we sort of start to realize the double-edged uh, the double-sided um, advantages and disadvantages to, you know, rain and snow and, and ice and things like that. So I, I do wonder if we're missing a lot and maybe if there's um, something we could do to encourage children and adults, right, to get outside more, period. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I, yeah, you are hitting it on the head. I mean, we the kids' experiences now that we're getting at the university level are the K-12 that have been indoors most of the time and have been pushed on technology hugely from the time that they're birthed to now. And so they don't really realize those differences. And I, I'm very concerned about that because, you know, we're seeing more chronic diseases in children now than we've ever seen. And I truly believe, and the research is showing, that these chronic diseases are coming from our inability to move our set. You know, we're so sedentary and our inability to get outdoors that the outdoors is so important to that. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely on the, the same page with you in that regard. Um, I, I want to touch a little bit before we go today on, you know, if we're in schools and we're working with teachers who you know, are trying to get content in because we've got outcomes to, to meet and those kind of things. And the weather is, is good or not good. You know, what would a, a perfect day outdoors 
to me would look different than a perfect day to some teachers that are out there that say, no, that is not a perfect day. So it's unfair for me to say what a perfect day is, but from your perspective, what might a, a, a good day be outside if we want to take our kids out? What, what temperature would we be at? Um, would the sun be out? Would it be cloudy? You know, what, what would be a good day for kids to be outside in your, for, from your idea? Well, as you ask the question, in my mind, I'm going back to the, the years that I did teach elementary school myself. Um, and I remember a good day for recess was a day that did not have lightning outside. <laughs> for example, I'll start there. Um, you know, and it gets pretty warm in Texas, right? And so we do want to be mindful that if children are running around, you know, that they don't get overheated. But if they're not outside, you know, for hours at a time and they're, you know, they're engaging in playful recess, I don't worry so much about getting overheated or, as you said, you know, having asthma attacks and things. I think a, maybe an ideal day where we are in North Texas might have some clouds or it might be sunny. Um, the temperature could be in the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even the, you know, low 90s, perhaps. So I think it's relative, you know, Debbie, but yeah. I, I think if it's safe outside weather wise, right? So we're not under threat of lightning, for example, it could right. be a good day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Link has come from a, a standpoint that, especially with the heat conditions that we have in Texas, and for those that haven't followed Texas weather in the summer, or in August, it can be up around 110 um, at, at times. Usually by the time we start school again, it, you know, it can be 100 to 103, 104. But um, what we usually find is that we, we tend to say 50 degrees is kind of the bottom number in schools to uh, somewhere around 90 to 95. And people don't really administrators and educators don't necessarily allow a large spectrum of weather conditions. With LINK, we've come more from the Center for Disease Control and National Weather Service and from their guidelines. And, and they say pretty much if, if we're under 20 minutes outside at any given time, that we can be as low as in Texas weather, 13 degrees field temperature up to 103 field temperature in the summertime or in the, the early fall time. But the reason for that is that in Texas, we don't have the heavy gear that the Northeast, Northwest and Midwest have, or people in Canada or, you know, up over in Finland. We don't, we don't have those kinds of clothing that we keep in our closets unless we go ski, snow ski in the winter. We might have stuff then, but typically not. So when I think about the type of temperature ranges, people on this podcast right now may be saying, are you kidding me? 13 degrees to 103 degrees, really? But in schools where we have that, the health of our kids is so much better than in schools that don't have that because they have the diversity of the weather conditions, which is really good. Um, up north, people say, well, you know, I'm concerned more with getting kids dressed to go outside and you know, how long it takes them to get ready to go outside in zero degrees or 13 below or whatever it may be. But 
if they don't do that, they'll never get outside because some of these states won't have temperatures above zero for days on end, uh, maybe even a month or two at the same time. So I think in general, the message of today's podcast is more about what conditions are, are fun to be in. And I agree with you. If it's lightning and thundering outside, unless you're in a covered area that is protected, you don't want to be out in those conditions. You don't want to be out in high wind conditions, tornadoes, hurricanes. I mean, you know, these drastic directions, flooding, we, we don't want to be in, in the floodplains during those times. But I think in general, uh, and you've said it too, Michelle, I think the more that we can be in weather conditions that are diverse, the better we are, right? Uh, just in general, snow, um, pleasant temperatures, you know, sun outside, not outside. But just remember the key is no more than 15 to 20 minutes at a time uh, without having to think about sunscreens, hats, protecting our bodies with more things on them like the dermatologists talk about. But if we're just outside playing, those kind of ranges could be okay. What do you think? Does that sound good or? That you... does. You know, my my own eyebrows go up when I think, ooh, 13 degrees. That does seem pretty cold for Texas. Um, and, you know, I, I've, we also were in Finland together. And, and I've heard you talk about the conditions that children um play outside under and it's really cold and you know what kids love it <laughs> they, they take their jackets off right yeah. they don't even stay in the same conditions so uh we're the ones that have to be covered up kids are just out playing well michelle anything else you want to say on this topic before we end today no this has been a fun topic uh just to think about weather conditions and what plays like outside and and i hope listeners will also be encouraged to jog some of their own memories and think about their experiences with snow and rain and different weather patterns and play oh it's been great thanks so much michelle yeah this is always fun to talk about you know where we've come from and what we've done and i've learned a little bit about you today too with uh different experiences you had as a child so thanks for sharing those with us today thank you debbie and as always, take care, have a great week, and play often. This podcast was brought to you by the Link Center for Healthy Play at Texas Christian University. To learn more about the Link Center and the resources mentioned in today's episode, visit our website at www.liinkproject.tcu.edu.